What's up, Knicks fans? Welcome to another edition of the Knicks Nation podcast. This is episode seven. We're coming at you after the New York Knicks lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs tied the series 1-1. I'm here joined by my co-host, Chris, man. What is going on, bro? A little disappointed, a little bothered, you know. Um, not the result we wanted, obviously, in game two, but overall, I'm feeling pretty pretty okay. How about you, Ant? How you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling okay. There was a lot of overreaction about, you know, game two. Um, obviously, we didn't want the New York Knicks to get their doors blown out like they did. Um, but, you know, you know, a lot of people were saying, even the Knicks were saying after the game, we were pretty much playing with house money. Um, I don't know if I would have liked the New York Knicks to say that. Um, they were pretty much content in um, losing that game. But, um, yeah, I mean, was a tough game all around. And, you know, start to finish... The Knicks actually came out pretty well in that game, Chris. First quarter, they actually took the lead by, what, eight or ten points? And then, you know, second quarter, second quarter of doom, man. That was that was probably one of the worst quarters I've ever witnessed in a while. Yeah, I mean, what what can I say about the second quarter? I mean, you know, first of all, I want I'll, I'll give some credit to the Cavs. You know, they did come out with that physicality they were talking about and complaining about after game one. You know, they did come out there and and they brought it to the Knicks. And to their credit, you know, they forced the Knicks into turnover after turnover after turnover that second quarter. I mean, <laughs> it was uh, brutal to watch as a Knicks fan. And again, come it's this is playoffs, right? We don't want to see our team getting blown out by 20 plus points here in the in the freaking playoffs. But um. I mean, what were your thoughts on that second quarter? I mean, obviously, doom and gloom, but what did you see the Cavs doing that uh, that really kind of put the game in their favor? They picked up their intensity. They were aggressive. They were rebounding the ball. They made it a factor to, you know, box out more. They were, you know, pretty aggressive with the New York Knicks. It was pretty, pretty much being called pretty tight in there in that first half, especially in the second quarter, Darius Garland selling a lot of fouls um but um Darius Garden I believe outshot the New York Knicks as a team in that first half um in terms of free throws but the Cavs just wanted it more man and it, it sucks it sucks for me to say that you know and it's the playoffs we shouldn't be saying that all oh, the Cavs wanted it more but it just looked like they were not going to lose that game um you know Knicks started out well second quarter was an absolutely disaster Julius Randle came out with the bench unit Maybe that threw things off a little bit. And to compile Emmanuel quickly, not playing well, R.J. Barrett, Quinton Grimes, and Julius Randle with the turnovers, you can tell that he's not in rhythm yet. But the Cavs, you know, it just seemed like they knew what the New York Knicks were trying to do. And, you know, the turnovers just killed any momentum whatsoever. And, yeah, man, I mean, that's uh, that that pretty much was the game. Second quarter was was was... <laughs> pretty much they're probably the worst quarter we've seen all season long it just sucks that it, it came during a playoff game right i mean we we don't want that happening during playoff games and you know i i i, I didn't you know what before this before the game started i kind of i kind of knew to myself i kind of thought that the knicks were not winning this game like i i, I wanted to dream a little bit i wanted to dream that they would go up 2-0 i mean Imagine going up 2-0, heading into Madison Square Garden. The series probably would have been over, right? But yeah. I, um, but I, deep down inside, we all knew that the Cavs were going to tie this thing up. And it's just 
it's just how it looked right it just didn't sit well that's the thing yeah you said it it's it's how it looked you know um again getting down over 20 points in a playoff game and, and ultimately losing by close to that amount um it's not a good look it's not something you want to have into your team in the playoffs because then you kind of worry is this gonna carry over to game you know game three is it gonna carry over to the entire series um again not not what you want but yeah. you know i was i was one that said you know knicks are gonna win this in six games so still possible you know yeah yeah still is but again you know i was dreaming i was dreaming for a two and no start you know i wanted uh you know to take care of business right as quickly as possible you don't want to give a team like the Cavs life yeah and unfortunately they got some life now um and I don't mean the starters. I mean more so their bench. I feel like this game happened, and then you got somebody like a Karis LeVert who didn't play well in game one. Now he has confidence. And to me, that could be a problem because, you know, now you got somebody coming off the bench for the Cavs. Granted, the Knicks bench is a lot better and should still be a strength throughout this entire series. But, you know, you start giving some of these role players some confidence on the Cavs side. It's just going to make it that much difficult to, uh, you know, come away with a series win, in my opinion. Um, that's just some of my, uh, thoughts, but I, I definitely was dreaming of a two and O, but (laughs) like you said, something just told me, I mean, the way my day went, even, you know, things were just bothering me. I was having off day (laughs) and, you know, Nick started off pretty well. Um, we were like, Oh, well maybe this is two and O right here. Yeah. And we go up by like 10 in that first quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. looking good, and then out of nowhere, it's just the second quarter happened, and and really, if you if you take that second quarter and kind of isolate it and just look at the rest of the game, the Knicks played a lot better. You know, third quarter, fourth quarter, we were right there as far as points scored, matching up with the Cavs. So it yeah. really was that second quarter of doom where it was just turnovers left and right, and. Um, you know, maybe it was a combination of Randall just playing with that second unit that he's just not used to it. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of lot of theories floating floating out there. But sucks sucks to lose by that amount in the would playoffs. You, would you have rather get gotten blown out like the Knicks did or lose at the buzzer in a Oof. heartbreak fashion? I think I would have rather you know get what? blown I, out like the Knicks did. No, yeah. I'd rather take the buzzer. Really. Because I'd rather you, take the buzzer. Because you would have had to build off the confidence thinking like, oh, look, we're right there again. We could have yes. gone up 2-0. Yes. Yeah, yeah I rather would have took that. You know, I'd rather us miss, a, you know, a game-winning shot or something like that because at least, you know, that means, hey, they gave us our, they gave us another, you know, best shot and it took them, you know, yeah. a last-second bucket to win it. To me, that would be a lot better than getting blown out by 20. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I would be – you know, a little bit concerned about the Cavs. You know, they played well in game one. I mean, they took the lead late in the fourth and just dominated game two. So the Cavs, if you want to say confidence-wise, I would say they would have more confidence coming into Garden. Obviously, Madison Square Garden is going to be absolutely nuts Friday night and Sunday. It's going to be a hostile environment. A lot of Cavs, um, this is going to be their first time in MSG, experienced an environment like that. Knicks have, you know, experienced players and players who have done that, experienced that before, but, you know, playoffs doesn't matter hopefully you know being at home chris hopefully they can that that can get these role player these role players going on the Knicks side because 
Manu quickly, R.J. Barrett, and Quinta Grimes have not shown up for the New York Knicks. Quentin Grimes had two clutch free throws in game one. Manu quickly, you know, got some of his rhythm going in game two late in the game when it didn't matter. But hopefully him seeing the basket go in the, the, the excuse me, the ball go in the basket can get his confidence going, Chris, because, yeah. you know, these guys are shooting poorly from three. Um RJ Barrett's and Spurts is playing okay defense on, on on Garland, but in most of the time he's not really playing that great of defense on Darius Garland. Quickly just looks like he's, you know, timid out there. He's, you know, you know, he's just he's not looking like he's having fun like he did late in the season. Quinton Grimes is back to where he's shooting two field goal attempts a game. I don't need my starting shooting goal student guard shooting two shots a game. That's just not a recipe for success, in my opinion. So, I mean, what do you think these guys have to do to get going, man? Hopefully, you know, like I said, this home crowd can get them going. But, you know, it's it's. I think the head of the snake is R.J. Barrett, man. Yeah. That's uh, the head of the snake. I, I hate to – I mean, I hate to say it, but it, R.J. – I'm 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 really getting like <laughs> I hear it I hear it coming I feel it yeah, coming man I feel it RJ just... man it's just it's boiling over man I mean like this is playoffs this isn't a regular season game you know this is you know we we got to make plays man you got to show up and RJ Barry he's he's not showing up I mean I think he's hit one of what like 13 threes you know so far I could pull He's up just, the stat for all three of them in this series, yeah. not just RJ, but I mean, all three of them about, are three at twenties from three, shooting fifteen percent, eleven of forty-four from the field, shooting twenty-five percent. That is Manny quickly, Quinta Grimes, and RJ Barrett. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. The thing about the thing about RJ for me is that he's not really driving either. I mean, I I see him settling for these like. And I know he has Garland on him, which again, that should be a plus for us. He should be able to just manhandle Garland. Garland's like what? Six What's one. Garland? Six foot? Six one. Six one. Look at that. RJ's what? Six seven. Exactly. Six, eight. He should be posting him, doing his little, you know, floater, whatever you want to call it. He's trying. He be- That's the problem. He's trying. <laughs> but it's just not working. Like it's I guess I should give some some credit to Garland. I mean he's doing a good job defending rj but come on rj you you gotta do better than that you know you can't just go like can we justify giving rj the minutes that he's getting at this point we we in my opinion you might have to think about benching rj or having him come off you know come in with the second unit something like that because you're there yet you're there already I'm already there because if they're going to start doubling Brunson and Randall the way they did in game two, you know, it's obvious that Randall and and Brunson are going to need to pass the ball. And you know damn well the Cavs are going to be extremely happy if the person they're passing to is a wide open R.J. Barrett at the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, come on. Shooting in the... Shooting in the twenties from three, man. I mean, he's uh, yeah. over the over the last month, or I mean, over the last two months, he's he's not shooting well. Jeff Van Gunny said in the Michael K show that his Michael K show today that R.J. Barrett's, you know, the the Cavs are taking away his strength, and his strength is obviously going left. His strength is you know going to the basket, finishing around the rim. That's his strength, and R.J. Barrett has to find other ways to you know 
impact the game. And he said that, you know, shooting the rock isn't part of R.J. Barrett's game. It's not his strength. So, yeah, man, you got Darius Garland on you, bro. 6'1". Yeah. Darius Garland, 6'1". I got Cavs fans in my mess in my DMs mentioning me on Twitter saying Darius Garland hasn't been this good on defense all season long. And now when he's playing R.J. Barrett, he is freaking a stud. <laughs> Why yeah, is mean, that? that? That pretty much says it all. I mean, look, with R.J. having Garland, if I was R.J., you know, instead of settling for these jumpers, which, you know, at this point, it just doesn't seem like he's going to make any. Try to go up strong, go up strong, be a decoy, drive, try to try to get the attention onto you so you can dish it to somebody else. You know, try some of that. I mean, I know that's not really I mean, RJ does get assists, too, but I mean, just go strong. Try to draw a foul. Anything is better than just chucking up a brick, you know, in my opinion. Let me ask you this. Has it gotten to a point where RJ Barrett, when he touches the ball, when he gets the ball, you're like, oh, God. What what is he gonna do? <laughs> you hold your you breath. You know what? It, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm like ninety percent there yet. I'm like, okay, RJ, please. What are you gonna do? Yeah. But he needs to snap out of it at the same time, right? He, he needs to have the, which is why I think Tom Thibodeau's playing played him extended minutes in game two because he needs to snap out of it, man. I mean, and the only way to regain his confidence is to play. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm exactly there yet with uh I'm pretty damn frustrated with RJ, but like when I get when he gets the ball, I'm not automatically going, Oh boy, here we go. If I yeah. do see him, you know, going for a jump shot right away, I'm yeah, I'm thinking, ah, oh, come on, RJ. Don't don't just settle right away. I mean, if he's open, he gotta shoot it. I've said it before the series, but you know, it's just he's not he hasn't been efficient, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean one one thing I didn't one thing I saw in one I forget which if it was game one or game two, but I remember RJ went, caught the ball, faked the three, drove into the paint. Like if he was gonna go up strong and then settled for a pull up mid range contested jumper, which I don't like that shot for RJ. That's not his game. We've we haven't seen RJ do that much. Um and the playoffs is not the, the time to start yeah, experimenting. I mean, we, just we want that to be RJ Barrett's game. It's just that it hasn't been his game, you know. It's exactly. that's not his. That's not yeah. who he does. You know, he's he's good at getting to the basket. He's crafty, but Cavs are all on RJ Barrett. They they're knowing his. They they know he wants to go left. They know his every move. They know if he posts up, he's gonna go to a spin. If he drives to the left, he's gonna pivot, then go back to his spin move. They know it's coming, and you know it's forcing turnovers. RJ Barrett has been inefficient, but don't want to rain on RJ Barrett's parade too much because you know we got guys like Grimes and quickly that haven't been playing well as either. So in terms of Grimes, Chris, two field goal attempts last game can't happen, man. He was on a hot streak to end the season playmaking his playmaking ability. I mean, we talked about it at the end of the season. We were excited about Quinta Grimes. The Knicks seemed like they were getting him involved in the offense. You saw the way the offense looked with Quinta Grimes scoring 20 to 25 points a game. This was a whole different team. And, Grimes is being guarded by what um, Donovan Mitchell at times, and you know, take advantage, man. Take it advantage because that should be a matchup where the Knicks run Grimes through pick and rolls. Maybe you know, use him like you know, you know how they used to play with, um, you, how they used to use Ray Allen and run him through pick and rolls and get him open for a three. That that could be Grimes's game right there. 
you know, you have to try these different actions because Cleveland seemed like they figured something out in game two. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it goes back to, to uh, as far as Grimes, I think it goes back to, again, the doubling of Jason, of Jason, Jalen Brunson and um, Julius Randle. For whatever reason, they were surprised to get doubled in that manner. And it just seemed every time it happened, they were just slow to pass the ball or just held on to it too long and it ended up either either being a turnover or just a really sloppy pass that ended up in some kind of like broken play. Yeah. Um, I think for game three, they definitely need to get somebody like a Quentin Grimes involved. I mean, it just can't be ISO, ISO, ISO all the time because you know the Cavs are just going to, you know, bring over the double teams. Yeah, ball movement so I think, was bad in game one. It, wasn't, it was bad. Yeah, I think... The only way to kind of get the Cavs to get off of that is passing to your teammates. You know, we got to pass the ball kind of. I mean, I hate to say it, but pretty much what Donovan Mitchell did in game two. Donovan Mitchell was a decoy in game yeah. two. And I yeah. think that was the plan all along. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, every shots for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And I 13 assists. And I thought yep. that was, you know, obviously we played two games, but I, I thought yesterday, I mean, Game two was his best game of the series. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the Knicks came in there thinking Donovan was going to run the show again, just like game one. But instead, they kind of flipped the script on us, and Donovan was just a facilitator and just he picked he picked the Knicks apart. I mean, I think in that same light, it's kind of what the Knicks should do game three, in a sense. Um, when the Cavs start bringing those double teams, because we're going to need guys like Grimes. We're going to need guys like Quickly and RJ, too, to hit some of these shots. Um, yeah. That's the only way that we're going to keep the Cavs honest and, you know, be able to let Brunson and Randall work without getting a double team every single time. Yeah. I mean, at times Cavs are throwing double teams, but at times what they're doing is they're putting Chetty Osman on Brunson. Um, and they're now putting Levert on Brunson. And it seems like they're trying to make Brunson uncomfortable. I believe last um, the last game two, when Levert was guarding Brunson, Brunson had a hard time with him. Um, so, you know, they're doing that as well, with, which is why I don't like the matchup for Emmanuel quickly coming in off the bench because IQ is normally coming in with Levert. And Levert has – Levert's what? How tall is Levert? Like 6'6". Six, six, six. Yeah. So Levert has like <laughs> six inches on Emmanuel quickly. And, you know, that matchup, I don't like. Quickly, he's having a hard time getting around Levert, and he's, you know, he's getting into the paint, but who's waiting for him in the paint? It's Allen and it's Mobley. And um, just have to be more aggressive IQ, and I think that, you know, hopefully the Knicks can make some adjustments. They need to make some adjustments. That's what the playoffs are about, adjustments. Yeah. And on the Cavs side, they're pretty much playing their starters majority of the game. Um, they're pretty much playing like eight guys. We saw Danny Green come in for them, um, and I, I pretty much predicted that. I pretty much thought that they were going to go something different. They threw Danny Green in there, and um, he gives them that veteran presence, obviously, but they benched Okoro, Chris. They made the adjustment. Okoro was terrible for them. They benched him. Um, credit to J.B. Bickerstaff for doing that. Um, I don't think Okoro, maybe they start him in game three. Maybe they start Levert. Remember, Levert started the second half, so I don't know where they go with that. Um, but in terms of the Cavs making the adjustments, they made the adjustments. You're not playing well. You're getting benched. 
This is the playoffs. No hard feelings. We need to win the game. Yeah. I, I, in terms of the Knicks side, obviously you're not, I don't see Tom Thibodeau doing that with RJ Barrett yet, but um, yeah, need to make some adjustments, man. Need to make adjustments for game three because we did what we had to do. You know, I know a lot of Knicks fans were <laughs> optimistic after game one. They were calling up radio stations. Talking about Eastern Conference Finals, Chris. Yeah. Everyone I, was I, saying I Eastern Conference. <laughs> you were saying that too? Everyone was I like, know. everyone no, saw I the was, Giannis I was injury. Saying, I was hearing those those callers, you know, on all the radio stations. Oh, we're going to the finals. It's, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. You know, I was just like, nah, come on. We have to take care of business first, you know. Yeah, like, next it's, friends. It's nice were... to dream, right? It's nice to dream about 2-0. It's nice to dream of, you know talking about playing the box or something like that. But the fact of the matter is that we need to get through this playoff series first. Yeah. After the game <laughs> one, they were a lot of Knicks fans are too irrational. Um, talking Eastern conference finals, obviously they saw the Giannis injury and they see the heat. Um, maybe they see a matchup with the Knicks and heat and they're like, Oh, the Knicks can beat the heat. Obviously guys relax, man. We got to get through Cleveland. And we got three more wins. Can't look ahead, you know, and then we get demolished in game two. Um, sort of tempers expectations, right? Sort of, you know, humbles everybody. And I, you know, hey, I like it, man. You know, a lot of people were talking out of their head, and you know, Knicks got to go back to the drawing board. And like I said, it's about adjustments. Um, but in terms of Game Three, man, Madison Square Garden games three and four, Friday night and Sunday night. Where do you see the Knicks making the most adjustments? Um, do you see them? Do you see the bro players playing well? You know. Home crowd usually gets them playing well, usually gets them playing better than they have been. Um, maybe, you know, starting on the road got them a little bit, you know, jittery. But do you see the Knicks coming out Friday night, punching the Cavs in the face because all that crying Cleveland was doing this past weekend to the media, to the – oh, my gosh, Chris. Did you hear all the crying that was being done from Cleveland after the side of this game? Yeah, I mean – that. <laughs> That that was kind of a bit of a frustration point. I mean, bringing it up now, like yeah. it seemed like they they wind their way to the refs' whistle. Almost. Oh my gosh! Um, and it seemed like it was working. Look, yeah, I mean, if you look at the box score, it's not going to show. The, it's not going to tell you the, the the story. I mean, if you look at the box score from game two, you're going to see, oh, you know, the Knicks got just I mean, as many foul calls as uh, Cleveland did, but that wasn't the story, man. It it just seemed like everything was going Cleveland's way. Um, especially consider they were playing so damn physical, and um, don't even get me started on the you know that play on Julius at the end where, you know I think two minutes to go, uh, Jared Allen just went through Julius Randle who was already basically. You want to talk about that now? <laughs> you know, I guess we could talk about that now too. I, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I brought it up, but. But yeah, regarding the physicality, obviously Cleveland was crying about it. They were like. Um, Knicks were too, oh, that's how they're going to call the game and this and that. And, you know, hey, I believe in that first half, Randall got cut on his arm. Grimes got hit in the mouth. Brunson got knocked down by Jared Allen. And at the end of the game, Julius Randall went up for a dunk and shouldn't have been the game. Um, but Julius Randall wanted to be in the game. But still, he shouldn't have been in the game. Um, he wanted to gain a rhythm, in my opinion. You know, game was on Tuesday night, Chris. They don't play again till Friday I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm not an NBA player. I don't know how these guys, you know, 
whether that last two minutes actually got him in rhythm or not. But, um, you know, in my opinion, you, you, you have some time until game three. So, you know, at that point, it's just about health. And Tom Thibodeau kind of said that, hey, Julius wanted to be in there. But, um, yeah, Jared Allen. Was you think that was a dirty play? I don't. I, I mean, Darren Allen isn't doesn't strike me as one of those dirty guys. He doesn't. He he doesn't. And I actually like Jared Allen. Even go back to his uh, Brooklyn days, I th- I thought he was just you know a good story, a guy who just you know worked hard and 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 became a, a star. Yeah. In his own in his right, and um, you know I don't think of him as a dirty player, but it was a dirty play in my opinion. I mean, if not dirty, then very careless because. Julius Randle was already, you know, that dunk was basically completed. He was hold, he was just hands on the rim, and he just completely went, not by him, you know, he just went right through him and low-bridged him, basically. Yeah. I mean, Julius went flying, hit himself really, really hard on the back, and if it was any other player, they'd probably be down there for 10-plus minutes, you know. But uh, Grant Julius kind of popped right back up and just... Walked it off, but he was yelling at the Cavs bench and yelling at. Yeah, I mean, he was pissed. It's you know whether he's a dirty player or not. I think I've seen less get you know flagrant two or whatever. You know, I've seen less. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm not. I'm not saying that he should be suspended or whatever the case may be. But I do think that. I mean, they're brushing it off like, oh, it was just you know a hustle play. I mean, (laughs) if that's a hustle play, man, then then we're in for a treat come game three because. I, I can't see the Knicks just taking it and, and playing s- soft no. after that. I mean, they're going to bring it. They better bring it just <laughs> as tough as the Cavs did in game two, if not more. And, you know, yeah. if they if they want to whine and complain after game three, hey, man, it's, I mean, hustle plays, you know. Oh, I'm sorry you got thrown into the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let I me mean, toss you into this front row right here. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I cross body, you know, you, but also playoff play, basketball, man. That's yeah, playoff I mean, basketball. Next I didn't guy. like it one bit. It yeah. was just careless. And I, and I mean, maybe that lights some fire, you know, under the next team. Cause I know the, the Cavs were all smiles after the game. They take, I didn't know this after the, after every win, they take this team photo in the locker room and they, they have like a Cavs, a big Cavs chain. A big gold Cavs chain for the player of the game, and they just take like a team photo in the locker room. So these photos came out after game two, and everyone was happy. And Darius Garland had the Cavs chain on, and Knicks fans were like, "Oh, you're doing this after game two? Like after one win, you're taking team photos like that?" But Cavs fans were like, "Oh, we, where have you guys been all season? We do this after every win." But I thought it was pretty interesting that they would do that in the playoffs. But um. Yeah, man. Game three is going to be physical. I, maybe that would have liked some. Maybe that you know lit a fire under Julius Randle. I'm sure he was. You know, he he even said after the game, "I'll see you and I'll see you back in the garden. I'll see you in game three. Um, any spark, um, any spark, I will take it, man. I will. I'll take it. I'll take anything because look, if you were to tell the the Knicks fan, you take one in Cleveland, one one. You still want to Cleveland. You go home. You take home court advantage. Sign me up, right? Sign me the hell up. That's that's what everyone's agenda coming into the series was. Just take one. Just get one in Cleveland. We did that in game one. 
everyone got a little bit too greedy there, two and all. Oh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. This look, man, we got to humble ourselves a little bit, but temper expectations. Take care of business at home now, Chris, because we haven't been, you know, a great home team all season long. So if the Cavs yeah. punch us right back in the mouth in game three, that's when you can have some concerns. But I have faith this team will bounce back in game three. I do. Whether yeah, they take both that. of those games, if they take both of those games, that's a stranglehold on a the series. They're up 3-1. And they're going back yeah. to Cleveland up 3-1. So how do you see these next two games transpiring? Well, well, you said it. You know, this, this Knicks team has kind of been, you know, up and down when it comes to playing at MSG. But yeah, it's playoffs. It's a new season, right? So it's time to to get right and protect home court. It's it's never been any more important than ever. I mean, we got to take care of business on our home court, and you know, Madison Square Garden is just going to be electric and. We got some crazy fans, you know. I mean, just just as much as we, they can go in there and 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 boo and and heckle the Cavs, they you know, in a blink of an eye, they could turn on us too if we're playing like like crap. So, um, you know, I'm hoping the Knicks come and they come aggressive. You know, they they limit the turnovers, and I think we'll be fine. Really, if if it's if it's, we can't have another game where we have twenty plus turnovers. You know. You yeah. just can't win a basketball game, let alone in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Just giving the ball up to the other other team like that. Um, and that was uncharacteristic am, of the Knicks because they don't really turn the ball yeah. over. So, yeah, I mean, it yeah. was it was surprising. I mean, that's been that's been clear your throat there, getting a little choked <clears> up. <throat> See, Chris is Chris is emotional when he talks about the Knicks. Man, he's getting a little choked up. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, thinking about MSG, the crowd. <laughs> he's thinking about oh, if the Knicks can take these two the games, he's gonna a little choked up there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I think I, I I feel pretty good about Game Three. Um, only thing I do do think of though is you know this is Donovan Mitchell's kind of homecoming, you know, yeah, at MSG, New York, New York, uh, born player. We don't need I a mean, new villain. That's for sure. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I, I left that all with uh, Trey Young. I mean, oh, gosh. but it does make me think, you know, is Donovan Mitchell going to, you know, is he going to come back and try to be a facilitator like he was in game two? Or is he going to try to take uh, control mm, like he did a, in game that's one? That's a good point. So, um, you know, maybe the emotions get the best of Donovan and we force him to just jack up a bunch of shots and hopefully they don't go in. But um, but no. As far as the Knicks concerned, I think they'll be ready. Um, I don't see how they don't come out more aggressive, more prepared. Yeah. Um, you know, Tibbs will have them ready. Um, hopefully Tibbs makes some adjustments and doesn't just try to go with the same game plan. I don't. I don't see how he could or how he will. But um, I think you'll see the Knicks uh, kind of swing the ball around a lot more than they did in Game Two because I think that hurt them the most in Game Two. Um, was just the Cavs coming at them aggressively, doubling, and just, you know, trying to get tall players on Brunson quickly and just basically <laughs> taking them out of their games. Yeah. But um, that that's my thoughts on game three. Yeah, I mean, look, the Cavs are – they were the number one defensive team in the league. So, I mean, that's for good reason. They have good defenders on their team. Obviously, they have the guys down low, Allen and Mobley. 
Um, but I think they can get pushed around a little bit. I just think game two was one of those games where they had to get, so they just laid it all out there. Um, but MSG is going to be a different animal for them. And, you know, hopefully the role players can play well. Hopefully our guys can get going. RJ Barrett, hopefully he can just get something going. Hopefully him and Garland, that matchup, he can take advantage of. Post them up, back them down. Hopefully he can get his open shots. But, um, yeah, in terms of what I'm, what I'm expecting, I, I think the Knicks are going to win Friday night. And I do think they're going to. I do think they're they're going to take both of these games and go up three one. That'll be absolutely huge. I mean, I, I you don't want to go back to Cleveland two two because then it's like Cleveland takes back home court advantage, and the, and the only way you win is in what game seven in Cleveland. Well, I picked them in seven, so um, but that, that that's a tough road to win. I guess the Cavs. So you want to take these two home games. You want to feed off the feed off the crowd. And you want to give them something to cheer about. Um, I'm excited. I'll be at game four. So can't wait for that. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they can get this job done and go up 3-1 heading back to Cleveland and then close them out on their home court. That'll be the best case scenario. Um, yeah, man. Series is 1-1 now. Tied 1-1. Expectations. Take one in Cleveland. They did their job. I just think that everyone was, you know, kind of concerned about how we lost the game and you know yeah. maybe it took a day to process it we got blown out i get it this happens in the playoffs though chris teams get blown out in the playoffs you know it's just this it happens you know and then teams bounce right back and punch the other opponent right in the mouth it just it, it just happens you know adjustments are made in the playoffs and tom Toto got to make adjustments man during that hawk series i didn't like the adjustments that he was making you know i didn't like that at all too many times trey young was I hate to bring this back. I hate to just bring this back up, but I'm just, you know, for reference, too many times Trey Young on defense was just posted up in the corner. And we're seeing that with, with Donovan Mitchell, right? He's just in the yeah. corner, not doing anything. And we need Donovan Mitchell to be guarding somebody. They need to run him through actions, pick and rolls, get get um Quincy Grimes going, get RJ Barrett going, Brunson, find ways to get him on a mismatch in game one. Knicks found him ways to get on Donovan Mitchell and he absolutely torched him and that's the matchup we want Brunson versus Donovan Mitchell but Cavs are just going to continue to put lengthy players on him and you know that bothers him so yeah I I agree that's exactly what we have to do I mean you know they want to hide Mitchell we need to find ways to get Mitchell in on the action and just attack him you know and our defense has to pick up too because they're running Brunson through pick and rolls on the defensive end, and they're doing what teams are doing to us late in the season. Yeah. Knicks are not playing the pick and roll right well. Teams are getting, I mean, the Cavs were getting wide open threes. Granted, Garland was hitting some tough threes in that game, too. Um, credit to him. But Julius Randle, I saw, I counted too many times when the Cavs were running pick and rolls, Randle would just look lost. And he just looked lost, couldn't find his man on the defensive end. Just look uninterested. Can't have that, man. Just the playoffs, man. Cannot have that at all. It's time to lock in. There's, yeah. You can't be looking lost at this point, you know, in the season. I mean, um, hopefully, again, hopefully Tibbs makes the adjustments needed and, you know, gives us some new things to run on the offensive side because uh, it's, this is how it's going to be all series long. It's going to be, you know, which team makes the better adjustments. So it's going to come out on top. I mean, 
We're in for a hell of a series, guys. I, <laughs> I still have Knicks going, taking it in six, though. Yes. Um, you know, I can't wait for game three. I, I want I want to redeem. We, we got to redeem ourselves from that game, too. Of course, we got to redeem ourselves. We're at home. MSG should be rocking. Um, anything else you want to touch on other than, like, you know, the things we have to do? We already touched on that a little bit. Guys have to get going. Barrett quickly and and um, Grimes have to get going. You know, um, Mitchell Robinson kind of went ghost in the second game as well. Um, but I think he will bounce back. Julius Randle and be more efficient. We had a bad Brunson game. I mean, it was okay. You know, it was yeah. an okay Brunson game in the in the in game two. Um, a couple of those threes were in and out in the first quarter. Just couldn't get it to go in the basket. But not concerned about Brunson whatsoever. No, I'm I'm not concerned about Brunson. Like you said, a lot of his shots were kind of just you know they were about to drop and then yeah, just they were popped. right there. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm not concerned about Brunson. He's gonna get you know his points. Even Julius, he's gonna get his points as well. Um, the question I have with Julius is, is how healthy is he going to be? You know, you know, how bad is his back? Um, I know everybody's pretty much saying at this point, no, it's, it's nothing. He's fine, but you never know, man, with, with, with the back, it could flare up. Hopefully that's not the case, but, um, I'm not too worried about Randall, at, at least offensively, especially if he's, you know, as healthy as he can be. Um, what? What are your thoughts on Josh Hart? Um, I know it seemed like he was a little bit hobbled game two. He wasn't really playing yeah. as aggressive as we're used to seeing him. What are your thoughts? Do, do the Knicks run him out there again? Do they yeah. let him rest? Of course. That that, that three, was I mean that was the that was the main reason why he wasn't I think he was a team low minus what was he, minus twenty seven on the game, something crazy. Let me just pull up the stats right now. You never have Josh. Yeah, Hart. that never happens. That. Minus twenty nine, team low. Yeah. Minus twenty nine. That has to be a first. And only attempted three shots, hit a three. Twenty seven minutes, minus twenty nine on the floor. He was obviously the ankles bothering him, but you know everyone played like shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone, everyone played like shit, man. I mean, quickly, Hart, Grimes, Barrett. Randall with the turnovers, Brunson to a T, throw the game in the trash, man. Everyone played like crap. Um, it was just the thing about the playoffs is every single game is just different. You know, you're gonna get something different out of every single one of these games. What we're gonna see in game three is totally different than what we saw in game two and in game one. And somebody will step up in game three that, you know, was went ghosts in game two. So, like Levert did for the Cavs. Look at Levert in game two. He's dropped, what, 20-something points. Game one, he was a ghost. And Okoro on their end got benched. Game one, he was pretty much out there majority of the game. So, every game is this different entity. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's going to be. I mean, you know, I hope game three, it's one of our guys going off, you know. Somebody like an OB. Hell, I'll take RJ. RJ, please. Drop 30, game oh, three. Gosh. Please, oh, for my sanity, <laughs> for my mental health, for all Knicks, Knicks fans' sake. Yeah. We need I mean, RJ, man. I hate to go back to RJ, but. <laughs> Speak into existence, please. Please, yes, RJ Barrett. RJ, we need you to step it up. I think the thing is, what defensively, what, you got to outscore your man. What magnifies RJ Barrett's situation even more is that the guy on the other team, Darius Garland, same draft class. 
as R.J. Barrett. That's why I think Knicks fans are like, huh? You know, we got this third pick, got paid, got all this money, man. He's just not balling out, man. He's just, this is the playoffs, man. I don't care about your age. He's played, what, over 300 games in his career. Show us something, man. Look, this is, this is the time to show it. I mean, RJ got his money. You know, a lot of a lot of fans aren't happy that he got the money he got. Yeah. You know, I mean, this could be make or break for him. You know, if he if he doesn't yeah, if he continues to play the way he's playing, I mean, I put it ninety nine percent that he is not a Nick next season. I mean, I don't put it that I mean, high, but yeah, I I get it. The I mean, maybe I'm overreacting, are... but I mean, what can I say? I wear my emotions on my sleeve. <laughs> yeah, the conversations I mean, are gonna just... come about during the summer for sure, man. But you know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We just got to worry about these playoff series and got to take game three at home. Chris could pretty much wrap this one up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for game three already, man. I, I want to – it's taken me some time to get the taste of game two out of my mouth. I mean, you should have seen I've already it. forgot about it. Like, I, after this podcast, oh, I'm on to game three. It is, I mean, I, see, I, I, I need to – I need to do the same because, you know, I'll just lay down in bed. It's like, damn, yeah. man. Why we turned the ball over 20 times, man. Game one, <laughs> I was watching highlights all night. <laughs> day, I the might day go after. back and watch game one all over again. I know, bro. right? You know, but <laughs> game two, I haven't watched. I haven't, like, I watched some highlights, but, like, I've, I watched the Randall play. I've watched some highlights, but I'm just on to game three, man. It's a new, it's a new game, new series. Series is tied one one. You have home court advantage. Take advantage of it. You win all three games in Madison Square Garden. You win the series. Let's do it. That's what I want. Plain I want the Knicks still though. <laughs> plain and simple, ladies and gents. This has been episode seven of the Knicks Nation podcast. As always, man, from Anthony, I'm here joined by my co-host Chris. Game three is on Friday night. We're recording this on Wednesday night. So hopefully the Knicks can get it going. Hopefully they can win back-to-back games in Madison Square Garden. It should be a great one. It should be a hostile environment. Can't wait to hear the crowd. Can't wait to be at game four. But have a good night. Chris, man, final words. (laughs) Final words. Let's go, Knicks. (laughs) Let's go, Knicks. Appreciate you guys for watching. If you're on Apple, Spotify, please give us a rating, preferably five-star review. Um, YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button. As always, I'm Anthony. That is Chris. Catch you guys on the next episode. Appreciate you once again. Peace. Peace.